0: Hello, and welcome to Mildly Pleases' Top 10 TV Shows of 2018. I'm wondering, did I say Mildly Pleases instead of pleased?
1: I don't know. Is there a difference? I guess. I, I've never uh, been sure what the, the right punctuation is. Mildly Pleases or Mildly pleased. Either way... It's not very fun oh, to say Oh, pleased or
2: pleads I thought you were saying, like, pleases Like something like Jar, Jar Binks would say
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's call it that Like, please, and then another S
0: Only pleases Can only help our brand at this point yeah. Well, so, we had uh, an ambition to, to do all this stuff on time And then we ended up missing the whole holidays But the government still shut down So I think we're still good doing this podcast um, where we hey, uh,
1: I put out my Top 10 albums list On December
0: twenty sixth. <laughs> yeah Sean What is that? Yeah that was late man I asked you to do it on the 24th Well That's
1: really hard That's Christmas Eve <laughs> yeah. Come on dude
0: Anyway <laughs> um, We're here to talk about Our favorite TV shows of the year We've already made our list They're on the blog right now You can read them uh, mildlyplease.com. And so all I did is I took all the shows that made it onto our lists uh, and put them into one spreadsheet, alphabetized them. We're going to talk about it. We're going to pick our top ten. It's just like the top ten Thursdays thing we used to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to waste any more time talking about like what kind of a year it was. Cause what
1: kind it, of a year was it? It was a bad home. year. It's
0: always a bad year. Every year is bad. But why
1: was it bad? Was
0: it less bad than the year before? I don't want to talk about this. So the first <laughs> one on our list... Is The Americans. Uh, it was the final season, the sixth season of the show, set in 1987. There was a bit of a time skip between uh, the fifth season and the sixth season, where they um, made some life changes. The One of the spies retired, while the other spy got like way more into it and uh i
1: guess i mean i feel like she's always about as into it as you possibly well
0: i mean the the start of the season is emphasizing that she's pretty run ragged at this point she is exhausted with basically being two spies and a full-time mom (laughs) yeah um and of course the 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 thrust of the season is this is the the their last like big job as spies which you can probably guess reveals some shit to some people as time goes on. Um, and that was what was so satisfying about the Americans to me. Um, everyone knows season five, they took a step back from the action stuff and were like, what if we made the most boring season possible? And it's really good but uh, also kind of frustrating. And so it was good to see them go back into like some pretty violent scenes. Um, Elizabeth is a heartless killing machine and she hurt some very innocent people this year um, as well as some bad guys so balance um, but lots of you know sexy stuff lots of exciting stuff and and of course the the character stuff they've been building for six or so years um, was was really a delight to see play out
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I mentioned in my post that, like, the Americans never makes it onto my top tens in the seasons where nothing really happens, like last season, but, you know, when, and it's not like I don't enjoy the show in the seasons when nothing happens, like, it's, it's, it's still good just because, like, the, you know, the acting and the, the tone and the feel of it is so cool, but, you know it's always nice to see some narrative momentum and obviously this last season had it and I liked, um, I don't know that that the the finale thankfully wasn't just about, like, you know, s- spy stuff really it was more just about the relationships between the characters which is a little surprising, I think, for a show like The Americans that could be pretty cold a lot of the time but, um, you know had a, had a, had a nice little uh, way of wrapping up a, a, a <laughs> complicated friendship. I would say. Yeah.
0: Did it take and, you guys I, a
2: long time to finish this show? It
0: did. Yeah. Why? That's. Uh, if it's so
2: good. Why did it take so long?
0: Because it's like at this point, it was like the only show we were watching together.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it was just hard. To get ourselves together and i feel like we had other shows too that we watched together that we wanted to finish like queer eye in atlanta. and atlanta
0: and that segues into atlanta is the next one on our list and we were we had this fun uh georgia double feature we were doing with queer eye and atlanta <laughs> okay. um uh, because i guess i guess the second season of queer eye and the second season of, of atlanta must have come out at roughly the same time Um, but queer eye came out earlier in the year as well with its first season anyway atlanta made it onto all of our lists very high on all of our lists i think number one for both of you guys is that right yeah yeah
2: it did it was it was the first time i watched it too the first season as well i watched them all relatively close to each other because i came down here one day earlier in the year and you guys were watching the teddy perkins episode And, you know, if anyone's not familiar, it's like this episode where Lucky Stanfield's character, Darius, is going to this house to buy a piano with multicolored keys. Um, Teddy Perkins is the name of the, the musician, right? Not the brother.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah that's that. like some like kind of Michael Jackson-esque, like famous superstar is now a recluse and goes there and meets his brother. And it's Donald Glover in white face looking like Michael Jackson and being super creepy. And it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing. And they, I, I believe they aired it with no commercial breaks. It's like a whole hour. And I was like, I need this. I need this show. And I went back and watched all of it. And it blew my mind because it, it has so much to offer in every episode. And I, I, I said in my post that it feels like every episode is like a weird self-contained almost bottle episode where it's just like maybe one or two characters off on their own thing. You know uh, some of the other episodes there's like that one where um paperboy was like got mugged and was just like running around in the woods like that was terrifying yeah. too but there's like really funny episodes too like also the one with paperboy and like his barber and he's like going and running all his errands with him <laughs> that was my favorite episode. and then like it can do really sad stuff too like the one with the fubu uh jersey mm-hmm. the flashback episode where there's one kid who has the fake one like it was the real one it has a really tragic end and just like the show's so versatile, but yet it always feels tonally consistent, even when it veers off into almost fantasy in a couple spots. Mm. Like it all like this is a show that has a, a Justin Bieber is black, and that like no one that's just that's it. Yeah, forgot about that. It always feels right though. It always feels appropriate, and I just can't get enough of it. It was so good.
0: Yeah, I think the you made me remember the uh, talking about tone. You made me remember the Gator Man thing. That was like a scary story with Cat Williams right
2: well I, I i I was just yeah the, the story part is scary, but then the mm-hmm. other part's like sad, like, yeah, and it's funny too and it's
0: funny, and then the, the, the gun from that episode becomes like a oh in the, finale. Point, yeah, the finale I, too. I didn't realize
2: that was the same gun I've totally forgot about it might that. not be I, I think it is though I think it is the gun that plays into the finale where you know just like the worst day trying to get this trip this tour organized shows up at the airport the t- in the line of the TSA agents realizes he has a gun in his backpack like, yeah talk about tension Jesus Christ. And I was like, "Please don't end." <laughs> like it's called Robin Season. I, don't make it end, like in such in such a tragic way. And the opening too. Like uh, it's it's so funny when I was watching that that first episode. I was like, "Who are these guys? What's going on?" It's gonna robbing a drive-through. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's Robin's Season." Mm-hmm. And like that's like great, th- like suspense action stuff going on. So it just has such great writing and direction i think it helps that hero ride directs like almost every single episode i think yeah. that probably helps keeping it totally consistent mm-hmm. and they must have a pretty like tight-knit group working on that show i know don glover like he writes it his brother writes it mm-hmm. some other people i think it's an all-black writing staff too yeah. which is really cool and it's actually it's coming back this year right is that, if I'm I th- maybe it definitely no, seems like know. one of those kind of shows where like <laughs> because of the attention to detail and the quality like that it could go like big gaps without you know mm-hmm. there being a season yeah. definitely has like like kind of like fargo like where it's like when you, they want to do a season of Fargo, when they're ready to do a season of fargo
1: yeah i mean there was a year gap between seasons see i didn't, I didn't even two. know
2: because <laughs> i watched it all and it, all, all in one go and it's funny because the first time i ever watched Atlanta, land i was like this is fine but then Sean, you were telling me that that first episode is kind of like a ruse to the network a bit. Yeah, the
0: the story I had heard was that um, to sell the show, Donald Glover pitched it as sort of like a Louis type thing. Where I mean, not not like a like a comic like getting his material and performing it, but like a. Uh, this is about his life and the, so they had things like he goes to like his parents house and he has a relationship with them and he's trying yes. to balance everything <laughs> um, and, and as far as I understand Donald Glover never ever intended the show to actually be that he just was like well these guys have Louis and that was a hit <laughs> and so here's a way for me to get my show made mm-hmm. it's very savvy it kind of just feels like
2: it's his playground to kind of do whatever he wants with it
0: yeah 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 season two i mean it did have a few episodes dedicated to earn focusing on becoming a manager and working with paperboy on his career Mm -hmm. but it's uh, like you like you pointed out there's a lot of episodes that might not have either of those characters at all or just focus on something totally different about them and that's good (laughs) um but the flip side of that is a very serialized show like barry which again was on all three of our lists um this is a that show that's about a uh, a hitman who's decides to become uh actor and we kind of
2: binge the end of this too yeah is not something i usually do i think it helps that it's a half hour which didn't seem weird to me like it felt right it, it seems like it'd be a show that ha- would have a lot of plot to get to but i think the half hour format really works for it, it really keeps the the action going and the laughs flowing (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually surprised this hasn't been a bigger hit like it seems like it it does decent at some of the award shows like Mm -hmm. Henry Winkler gets a lot of attention but I thought it'd be sweeping like Mm. all the comedy like I I thought it'd be sweeping best comedy and best actor it it has won a couple best actor awards Mm. and stuff I think just because it's one of those shows kind of like the transparent effect where like It's it is kind of a comedy, but I feel like it's really more of a drama. But it's just because it's a half hour and it has Bill Hader. I guess it's a comedy, and I mean, there's funny stuff in it and funny characters. But I think I like the drum, the like suspense and action in it more than the comedy. I mean, I like them both, but
0: yeah, to sell
2: somebody on it,
0: it's it's funny how sometimes it takes the stuff that should be the most serious and makes it kind of funny, and also the stuff that's most frivolous can be presented as the most intense you know him doing like one line in a shakespeare play seems horrifying because you just like yeah you gotta get that line reading right man
2: yourself in that moment Mm
0: -hmm. i'm also
2: impressed by its ability to make characters funny and scary at the same time Mm -hmm. like barry himself is like he's a killer like but he's also sometimes seems so pathetic like to his whole (laughs) acting class he seems like an idiot yeah and i think about some of the gangsters he hangs around with and they're like Always like they're always like having like a party and there's always like he's like, like his, his daughter will be having some sort of party or they have like a bunch of sandwiches everywhere, but then like they're fucking they like beat the shit out of it like steven Root plays like his, yeah is the guy he works for and
0: they did maybe the most bizarre and horrifying torture I've ever seen in a movie where they shaved his molars down. Do you remember that? Oh, oh. god. I don't know that. <laughs>
2: another you know, character i don't know if he was scary but i found really interesting was um because this is one of those shows where like the character always is finds himself digging himself a deeper hole mm-hmm. and there's that one time he like had to team up with that like guy who was like totally pumped up and the, like definitely like ptsd like wanted to be like this like hitman assassin guy yeah and they went on that mission he's like yeah! he's fucking shooting everybody <laughs>
1: i felt like that guy was another good mixture of funny and scary yeah. where yeah he clearly was to Kill Bill, but it's like so ridiculous that like he's so psychotic. He's just like watching porn for fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: he just walks in, never course. Come on, sit down, sit down. It's just, just like loud totally casual about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <clears throat> I think the only thing about Barry is I don't really know if I want another season or mm. where you're gonna go with that. Mm. It's, it seems tricky because of the way they ended it, and I'm not sure how many spoilers we're gonna be doing on this podcast. But um. Well, I mean, we all saw it, and it ended in a way where I don't know how they're gonna pick up the momentum again. Though yeah. I guess it's it's kind of like Dexter. Dexter always kind of like wraps things up, and you're like, "Well, how the how are we gonna get into this again?" But it's it's kind of different because he always like he wants to kill people, so it always starts going like Barry's trying to get out of this. So I guess you'd have to bring in like another organization or something.
0: Yeah, well, and, and the very ending, of course, sets up a lot of drama between the, the I guess the three main characters. Yeah. Of uh, Barry and Oh no, I can't remember his girlfriend's name. Sally.
1: I don't know. <laughs>
0: it sounds right. It sounds right. Blonde lady. What if it is right? I'm gonna look up see what's right. She was really good. We should, and, we should yeah.
2: compliment the supporting
0: cast. Yeah. yeah, well, if we're doing that, uh the the two villains of the season, uh whose characters' names were Gorum and Noho Hank. We're both fantastic. Especially <laughs> Noho Hank. Yeah. Hey, man,
2: you want some sub sandwiches?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Super upbeat. Killers. And it is Sally. I was yeah, right. Nice. I mean. Thank God.
1: <laughs> Just a good, solid white lady name. Well, it's confused
2: because the actress' name is Sarah Goldberg, so I was like, is it Sarah? Or Sarah? Oh. And of course, Henry Winkler is Gene Cosano. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gene thespian acting
0: code. uh speaking of acting bojack horseman finally made it onto my list this year after uh,
1: like we weren't gonna do better call Saul. oh i was.
0: skipped it i skipped better call Saul because i wanted to talk about acting
1: that show has acting on
0: it that show has he hasn't you in commercials or has that already happened i don't know where we're at Ooh, he did <laughs> do a, a commercial as Saul goodman that has happened I know I saw it, but I don't, I don't know what season it was from. Yeah, I don't
1: think he did any this season. Okay, he didn't really do any lawyering this season. Yeah, cause the uh, whole thing about last season was he got like I don't know his license suspended for a year, and mm-hmm. you'd think they would just skip ahead to pass that year, but they didn't. They just like kept him doing weird, shady shit like selling. Burner phones on the street.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, this is a slow show. It's not gonna skip a year. That's way too generous.
1: (laughs) At this point, it's like 2003. I think. Good luck. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they they give you signs of what year it is.
0: I'm always very upset when a TV show tells you how long it's been because it's always it's neither it's either like way too fast or it took way too long. Like I feel like at the end of Uh, Breaking Bad they're like it's been like 11 months since the first episode (laughs) I'm like are you kidding me he's killed like a thousand people and it's not even been a year and on the other side of the coin
2: like that 70s show it was like three years (laughs) because it it ends in 1980 it starts in like 1976 or so so, but it ends on New Year's 79 and it's like it was like eight seasons so
1: did they just
2: they just went to high school for eight years, yeah. basically, or just celebrated like, eight Christmases. They they, <laughs> they
1: did like a Christmas episode like every year. It was weird. Oh, that doesn't that doesn't track. Well, I was gonna say like they just documented every single day in those four years. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think they did do.
1: But if there's Christmas
2: multiple episodes, Christmases, maybe I'll have to double check. I've seen
0: most of that '70s show. Yeah, but I'll have to check on that. <laughs> weird. Um, this season of Better Call Saul also has a great. Um, Mike subplot where he had met Gus Fring uh, in the previous season and this year they finally team up uh, and they get started on the, uh, the secret underground lab project which obviously we've seen the lab in Breaking Bad uh, and it was a crazy thing that it exists and so this shows like let's show how that got made and it looks like it was a very very hard thing to make
1: I don't even feel like they finished it by the end of the season. No, they did not. So I guess we'll get another season of watching them build that, digging out that thing, lab. Yeah. You know? But most importantly, we got to see the origin of Hector's bell. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very important.
0: That's um. They really lucked out with that guy. Like they hired and he kept him kept
1: to... living, even though he looked super old. Yeah. Or, or, or
0: I mean, they hired him to play, and to like because to, to, he could do great angry looks. Yeah. But he ended up being a you know a, a intimidating and compelling presence on that show for like <laughs> four years now. Yeah, uh, and now he's back to ringing the bell.
1: It's also just you know kind of kinda of close with so many of these old guys that were already old in Breaking Bad, but then they made a prequel with the same old guys same old who guys. were like eight years older. At this yeah, point. and
0: and I think if you. Like map it out Even uh, Jimmy is probably Supposed to be in Like his late 20s
1: Yeah Well You know Bob will Odenkirk sport In the Toupee Yeah
0: (laughs) Do you guys
2: like it When they connect The two shows Or Does it like bug you Do you wish it would Just be its own thing
0: All the time Uh, I think it's It's So much its own thing that, That I'm totally fine With when they chose To do that They do it so Well Uh it didn't ever feel tacked on to me, and and like the whole first season was basically totally detached from Breaking Bad. Like Jimmy wasn't committing crimes, and also was called Jimmy, not Saul. Was and, he called? And he, at the very end, at the <laughs> wow, very that took end.
1: I, know, I mean, it's it's very it's a, kind of slowly just becoming breaking bad i guess that's the arc of this show it it starts out as a different show and then it's just slowly integrating all the different characters and um yeah it's just getting closer and closer (laughs) until i guess by the final season it'll just be breaking bad but without walter white i guess unless he shows up
0: unless he shows up
2: do you think? What if he just like bumped into him, like at the grocery store? I mean, it's, <laughs>
1: that's always a possibility. Would you,
2: would you like that though?
1: I'd be fine with it. It <laughs> wouldn't seem out of character for the show. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I guess. Has work, Bill like, Burr showed up? On? Into it? <laughs> uh, no, yet?
0: Bill Burr hasn't shown up. They've had a bunch of Huel Huels been and in Gale. Oh yeah, and Gale um, makes his annual appearance where they make him i think it's a game for the the writing staff or the directors or someone to make gail sing a song or do something (laughs) that's tricky in his annual appearance on the show because this year you had to sing that periodic table song Mm
2: -hmm. that's like there's a famous song that's about
0: the periodic table of elements that i don't know about
1: I mean, it's probably famous to nerds.
0: Yeah. It's set to like a Gilbert and Sullivan song. Oh, like the, yeah. the modern major. But it's about general. It. Okay. Yeah, that's that <laughs> yeah. definitely
2: sounds like a thing. Nerds like there's like the original version of that song too. <laughs> Double whammy. <Celsius. laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> what about Hank? Hank ever gonna show up? You think this is the kind of show I work in Hank? Seeing that he dic- lurks, <laughs> but it seems radio? like
0: they could work in Hank but um, he arrests somebody <laughs> yeah I don't know
2: we'll get there maybe you'll have, like,
0: your hair, I'll have
2: like a bunch of hair I'll have a ponytail <laughs> that's what I love in, in, in movies or TV when you like flashback to a character and they give them like like in Rambo like the first movie how you guys like this stupid handlebar mustache and all the flashbacks so, it's like that's how you know it's a different time
0: <laughs> and then John I'm going to recommend to you that you catch up on Brooklyn Nine-Nine they have some wonderful flashback wigs. The <laughs> you, latest episode.
1: You could also recommend it to me to catch up on Brooklyn 9 I
0: haven't watched it. Well, so you—you didn't just express an interest in flashback funny wigs like John did. It's, it's true. Isn't that back, or did it come back after? No, Brooklyn 9 is back right now. As of us recording, as of this recording, two episodes have aired. Okay, so it's—it
2: it's, didn't air any in 2018. It did. it did. It, it had like a whole season episode. in 2018.
0: Where the fuck is it? I just didn't like you it You
2: said fuck. I should watch it It's not even on the list <laughs> didn't make my <laughs> list
0: Maybe it would have made yours no. No. Uh, But BoJack Horseman made my list I, I brought it up earlier I was so excited to talk about it Acting Because mm-hmm. it hadn't it made my acting, list has acting, Sean Previously um, And it also has um, From Brooklyn 99. Uh, give me a sec to Google <laughs> And as
1: someone from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah,
0: it's like love interest this year, sort of. Uh, was it...
1: What's her name? Stephanie, Stephanie Beatriz? Beatriz. Yeah.
0: Plays Bojack's co-star and on-again, off-again love interest mm-hmm. this year on... Filbert. Filbert, yes. It's like
1: really generic cop show that he's... Shooting Uh, Yeah I'm never sure how good that show is. It seems like it's supposed to be Just generic and The head writer thinks it's really Genius but Mm. It's pretty unremarkable And he like doesn't Realize it's kind of sexist Which you know it's kind of what this season's about it's just like you know the the b2 backlash except in hollywood instead yeah. of hollywood
0: which is cuz i i feel like they've been dealing with sexism in hollywood for the whole run anyway so yeah they earned it yeah uh and, and i think they did it interestingly cuz most of their episodes that are dedicated to that are dedicated to uh male performative feminism instead of Genuine feminism Mm -hmm. uh, Which is Like what the show aims for Something that's a little more complicated To talk about It's not as black and white an issue as um, You know Rape or people being denied jobs Or having their careers ruined
1: And it also has really silly stuff Like a sex robot Named Henry Fondle (laughs) That Todd makes (laughs) Who's just like This (laughs) Robot made out of one of those, like, typey toys, robot things, mm. and has just, like, multiple, like, dildos sticking out, and he just, like, randomly shoots liquid everywhere, and he's just like, come to me, <laughs> yeah. and he becomes like the ceo of the what time is it network which is yeah a, a tv network that just tells you what time it is and also has streaming content which is what bojack show is
0: on and a website what time is it right yeah. which i believe is a real website
1: <laughs> that's good <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of just more of the same of the show. Where it's just dealing with pretty like serious societal issues and just like the goofiest subplots you can imagine. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, the the stuff that they started hitting on maybe a couple seasons ago, I think it really matured this year. I appreciated um, Todd's uh, asexual relationship. Uh, that's something I've never seen before on a TV yeah. show. And and, there's also
1: that one episode that's just BoJack giving his
0: eulogy for his mom, which is pretty. They do their experimental episodes, and also I said in my post that I really liked what they did with Diane this year because that's been kind of a tricky character for them to write. But I thought she was super relatable this year, uh, being helpless because the world is bad. Speaking of the bad world, Daredevil. (laughs) Uh, Daredevil returned, uh, and Vincent D'Onofrio uh, came came with him. Kingpin is back; he's uh, working his way out of jail and into our hearts uh, by paying off everybody in the world because he has unlimited funds. Somehow, uh, what does he do? Is he just organized crime? Like, what's his
2: front? He, yeah, he he's his thing is. I mean, obviously, he's called the Kingpin, so yeah, he's the, he's a crime boss, but just wondered if he ever had, like, a fake business in front
0: of that. It's, it, you know, it's a very, like, ambiguous rich guy. Like, I feel like it's, a, it's the sort of, like, Donald Trump stuff. Like, he builds buildings and puts his name on it. Okay. <laughs> um, but obviously it's all a front, so he can, like, fully take over all of New York City and just control everything, uh, which is great because you, you watch him slowly work his way. He's At the end of Daredevil season one, he's exposed and sent to jail. Um and he tries to break out and daredevil comes and beats the shit out of him so he definitely has to go to jail and uh in season two all he does is he beats up the punisher when the punisher gets sent to jail and then he lets the punisher out of jail because he has that kind of power and so this season it follows kingpin from in prison cell all the way to like back in a penthouse and basically running all of new york city um and that's juxtaposed with daredevil's story who after the events of the defenders which spoiler alert a whole skyscraper falls on top of daredevil at the end of yikes uh he, the like, whole thing or just the top part the, the whole Holy thing fuck. He's, he's actually underground and wow. comes all the way down on him
1: that sucks
0: dude yeah and so like at the start of this season everyone thinks he's dead and he like can't hear anymore and he's already blind oh, so man he, uh, at least he can ooh taste, which it had check this out this, is, like this is how he yeah. fixes it neti pot What? you know the neti pot, it's like a teapot that you pour in your nose you guys ever seen this before? Uh, it sounds familiar so it's a thing for clearing your sinuses, you get like uh, uh,
2: it's like something you see on television. You, you get like boiling
0: water <laughs> and you pour it into one sinus and it comes streaming out your other sinus Gross. and so he does that and then he like vomits up like a ton of blood and he gets his hearing back that's um,
2: awesome. Well,
0: whatever works. Um, and and he you know he goes on this whole thing where like Matt Murdock's dead. I'm just gonna become the Daredevil and kick ass. And he goes back to the cool black outfit where he's got like you know the headband and stuff instead of the red like heavily armored thing. He beats people up a lot, and then he learns that maybe there's more to life than beating people up. <laughs>
1: Good and, for him. And
0: the, and the show ends on what is ultimately a pretty good note for the, for it being over. Um, it's just really disappointing that the Netflix uh, Marvel Universe seems to have died a shitty death. Um, really, the other shows I, I could give or take, but Daredevil I, I really, really liked.
2: You wanted more Daredevil? I, I would
0: have liked more Daredevil because um, they, they they suggested that they were going to do more with Bullseye and their version of Bullseye is really, really great because all he does is he just like offhandedly throws stuff like if like i'm sitting across from the table it's like if i picked up my phone and just threw it and hit colin square in the face and i just picked up some shit on the ground and i threw it and hit colin square in the face like he's just constantly throwing stuff and it's hitting people exactly in the face over and over and over That's he's just so good at throwing stuff it's like it's funny but it's also like wow that would be really shitty if someone's doing that to you um it's great it's a great villain for a tv show it would have been a horrible villain for a giant movie which is All real life <laughs> or in life, uh, which is exactly the opportunity uh, that I think uh, superhero TV shows have is to do characters They either want to spend more time with because they're compelling, or because they're so quirky and gimmicky that they just wouldn't make sense in a movie. Dude, did you ever see when
2: Daredevil was on that the Hulk sh- on oh, the Hulk show?
0: No, I didn't.
2: It's like a made-for-TV
1: movie called "The Trial of the Incredible Hulk."
0: Oh, so it's uh, Matt first, Murdock.
1: First, this is just the the like. I guess I see the VHS too. Oh He's literally God. going to trial, and then here's
2: also what Daredevil looks like in it. They went with the classic. Nah, yeah, there, all the
0: black, the all black thing. I feel like people don't talk about <laughs> this. I was trying to
2: remember um, if this was also the one with Thor, but I think that's a different one. <laughs> Thor was on the old show.
0: So there's a little cinematic universe Will's, there. Oh, John Rhys Davies is Kingpin. As Kingpin, that's great. NBC. Nice. I feel like that's a rare opportunity for John Rhys Davies to actually show off that he's tall. I feel like most of the time people don't like that he's a tall man. Yeah, he shows <laughs> off
2: that he's fat and that he's short. <laughs> yeah, but he's not short. <laughs>
0: but, it, but I feel like even in Indiana Jones, they're not like they don't have him towering over Harrison Ford, which I bet he would. Weird. I really want to see this movie now. A trial. Hold on. Uh, Did he ever
2: defend any like superheroes? No. How much? How, how much of the show is ever like about trials?
0: So the first season, there's a lot of trial scenes, kind of like A Better Call Saul. Where like now that everyone's gotten so dark, there's not a lot of time for trial stuff. What they do have is the um, Foggy's become like a really good lawyer, and uh, he works for Jaron. Hogan, I think is her name, uh, mm. from the Jessica Jones show. Um, Carrie Ann Moss's character. If you guys remember who Carrie Ann Moss is, shes in the Matrix movies. The Matrix. She can do that thing where she kicks someone over her head, but it like comes up from the back. I think it's called a scorpion kick.
1: Yeah. That's cool. She can do that in real life?
0: Well, she did in the Matrix. <laughs> well, even in the Matrix, it didn't look like she was really hitting anyone. It looked like she was just getting her leg up real high. Mm, yeah. But it's cool that's all that matters you know
1: just because you can do something in the matrix doesn't mean you can do it in real life yeah,
0: i know but if you die in the matrix you die in real life so yeah. it's
1: complicated
0: like the expanse so complicated uh basically unappro- unapproachable uh i, I understand you guys will never watch this show so i'll keep it brief uh, their final season on actual television before they move to amazon um, you think was,
1: Jeff Bezos is watching the show? Jeff
0: Bezos is watching it on a 99,000-inch TV. He's loving it. <laughs> yeah. Projecting it on the
2: testicle dome.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's why it's close sometimes, is he's watching The Expanse in his little forest. we watch him a lot now. It's been divorced. <laughs> yeah. Got to do something to keep spirits up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this is like, it's sort of a hard sci-fi show uh, about people on Earth and people on Mars and the people stuck in between having a Cold War that in this latest season evolves into a real war for a little bit. And there's also evil aliens that kind of remind me of the stuff from Annihilation. And then there's like a Stargate situation that happens at the end of the season, which is kind of not as good. But the first half of the season is so exciting that I definitely wanted to put on my list. Plus, this has the like that that added uh, chutzpah of it being the first year I watched the show. You know, like it's yeah. kind of hard to separate the latest season from the whole thing. Yeah, and I really yeah. enjoyed the whole thing, so I put it on my list this year. Colin, talk about the glow.
1: <laughs> Glow's a weird show because uh i feel like a lot of people watch the first season and they're fine with it and then they didn't watch the second season like john uh uh, or my girlfriend who i watched like the last episode of the second season of it and she was like I love this show. <laughs> Why wasn't I watching this season? <laughs> and uh, I think it's just because I don't. It's weirdly not the most binge show, I guess. It's a Netflix show, and even I, who enjoyed this season a lot, I, I took my time in between episodes for some reason. I mean. It, it definitely has the same thing with like BoJack and Atlanta, where the, a lot of the episodes are just kind of standalone things from a certain character's perspective, which is easy because there are a lot of characters on the show. It's a big ensemble cast, and I don't know. It, it was just very consistently like the most fun of any show uh, I think I saw this year. Which it should be. It's a you know show about a ridiculous wrestling. Program from the '80s, and probably the most fun episode was when they actually just did a, an actual episode of the show. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. So you just so you just get right like now. all the like really cheesy skits and you know the '80s like yeah. videotape production value is just like really cool. Is Mark fun.
0: Maron in the show within the show, or is he just like a director or something? No, he's
1: just like a director. So I. Don't think he's in that episode. <laughs> maybe you hear his voice off-screen or something.
2: Could you just watch that episode and be okay?
0: Like,
1: yeah, maybe. I mean, if you, you want out on to. Too many plot points. I don't think so. I don't think there's anything. Okay. What's
0: like? What is the like the drama that's going on? Is there any, or they just they're just having a good time?
1: Uh, I mean, there's some drama with from like leftover from the first season where right at the end of it we learned that one of the uh, wrestlers like joined the league because she was Mark Merritt's daughter. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff with that. Uh and also like kind of the tension between uh Betty Gilpin and um Alison Bree's character because the show starts with uh Alison Breeze sleeping with Betty Gilpin's character's wife or not wife, husband, oh. who's a Rich Summer for Batman. Yeah. Just, just the, ty- you know, the typical schlub on every yeah. TV show. he ever play
2: someone like you like in anything?
1: <laughs> it doesn't really seem like it. Because
2: I also saw him in a movie this year where he played a murderer of, murderer of children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I really want to like him in something. Even on The Office, I'm, I feel like he's going to swipe Pam away, you know? Yeah. It's like
1: and it's weird because he doesn't play like... Overt villains. He's not like Michael Shannon. He yeah, just plays like nice guys. He's a nice douchebag. Yeah. It's
2: weird. It's a weird character type to <laughs> get typecast as. Like, he seems nice, but he makes shitty decisions. Yeah. Like killing kids and cheating on his wife and
0: stuff. <laughs> Equal crimes? <laughs> yep. <laughs> the two Um. Cool. Uh, the next one we want to talk about was The Good Place. Uh, being a network show, it's the weird thing where we have to say in 2018 it was the back half of season two and the right. first half of season three. It's like
1: the show moves at such a frantic pace. It's really yeah. hard to remember. Well, so to refresh your memory, year. the back
0: half of season two was... Oh, I guess we're going into spoilers. Sorry. Mild spoilers. Give me mild spoilers. Well, you you saw season two, right? Yes. So the back half of season two, just to refresh your memory, is is when Michael decides to team up with them um, and they try to go to the good place and end up going to the judge. And then season three picks up with uh, the ramifications of the decision they make uh, at the end, which is to send everyone back to Earth alive again um to see if they can accrue points to get into the good place because michael makes the case that their their lives are cut short but they have the innate ability to uh to make it to the good place because they're inherently good people um and the uh, he even pushes eleanor and chidi towards each other because he thinks that's the key so if all four of them end up in the same place they'll definitely make it to the good place and uh Things have gotten a lot more complicated since then.
1: Yeah, Uh, because we have the episode where we meet Doug like the guy who predicted what the good place would uh, be. That's probably
0: the highlight of uh of the of the season three first half is uh Michael and Janet go visit the points leader on Earth at the time. Played by Michael McKean. Michael McKean. Recently freed from his stint on Better Call Saul. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I just wanted to be mean. That's <laughs> allowed. Actually, he does show up in Better Call Saul this year in a very mean flashback.
1: <laughs> just meanness
0: all around.
2: <laughs> is that a flashback of him being mean or neat stuff happening to him?
0: It's a flashback of him being mean.
2: Okay. Those are the worst. Especially
0: considering where. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> um, <That's> too mean. <laughs> yeah, The Good Place is very funny and very clever. And every episode is about philosophy and morality. And yet it's so approachable and easy to watch. Um, and it's it's got the sitcom thing of a core cast of six people that are just really fun to watch. Interact with each other. And so I'm going to keep watching it.
2: <laughs> Without spoiling too much... Do you get any sense of, like, if it's coming to any kind of conclusion anytime soon?
0: I mean, I feel like that's the thing about the show, where, like, right now, there's, they seem to be in an game, but it's already been renewed for season four, so it's not clearly the end, and uh, it's so unpredictable. I don't know. I mean, it could have seemed
2: like the kind of show where the first season would have seemed like it could have been the yep. end. <laughs> sure could have. <laughs> I guess that's one of the good things about it, is, like,
0: I don't know. It's unpredictable in that yeah. way. That That's still... The Michael twist in season one is like maybe my favorite TV moment, period. <laughs> because it, it kicked my ass. It made me realize I was underestimating the show for the entire first season.
2: Even better than that show where like the hospital was in a snow globe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Saying elsewhere? Yeah, with the special child.
1: I mean, Shun isn't 50 years but like, old. But like, what? So he he it, though. Like, how yeah. good does oh, that yeah. sound? It
0: sounds so good. Especially because then. Like there's all the crossovers with that show and then they splinter off in the crossovers with the shows that crossovered with it where there's like 70 shows that now... Oh, right, and all the shows head. that are connected
2: to St. Elsewhere so like yeah. X-Files and stuff. It's crazy.
0: Well, don't get me talking about that. Okay. Let's get you talking about Homecoming.
2: Uh, so I, yeah, this is, yeah, this is weird. This isn't normally the kind of show I check out. But I saw a good promo, had radiohead music in it, it looked cool. I, and then when I looked up to see that it was a half hour, I was like, deal. Because that if this show was an hour long, I never would have finished it. It's a good show. It's a good show. But like. The half-hour format really helps it because it's not like mm. an action-packed show; like it's a slow burn. Mm. It's basically just like most episodes are just Julia Roberts and Stefan James, who had a big year because he's also an if Beale Street could talk, mm-hmm. and he plays a former soldier uh, coming back from Iraq, and they're trying to readjust soldiers back into society. So it's just them talking and like sharing stories and stuff. Like that's the bulk of the show, and then you have your flash forwards, which for some reason are done in like the box ratio with uh Shea Wiggum like investigating like what went wrong with Homecoming. It doesn't exist anymore. Nobody talks about it. Julie Roberts has no memory of the program. And Bobby Cannavale, like who's like who like ran it, is like very tight lipped about it. And you're kinda of going back and forth unraveling this this mystery. So it's like it's got a slow burn, but like it's got a nice payoff too. Like you know you know it's building to something. Like if it didn't have those flash forwards, I feel like it wouldn't I don't know if it would have kept my interest as much. And the show looks fantastic. I don't know how Mr. Robot is shot, um, that being another Sam Esmail show, mm-hmm. but this show is, like, amazing, like, really creative camera work, like, in the way that I feel like Better Call Saul has really creative camera work mm-hmm. sometimes with really interesting angles and long takes and stuff like that. Can you yeah, use perspective m- m- Mr.
0: Robot there? has, that like, going for it, too. I, uh, I, the thing people talk about in Mr. Robot is they leave a, like, an uh, abnormal amount of um, headspace in a lot of their framing. like um, it, it might be whoever's talking really takes up just the bottom third of the screen, maybe even less than that sometimes. yeah, um, which they, they, I think you can interpret as them constantly putting people in context because um, these characters are so detached from reality that they like need to show you that reality uh, all the time. Also long takes, big on long takes.
2: Yeah, um, another interesting thing about Homecoming is that the whole score of the show is old soundtracks from older movies, mostly '70s paranoid thrillers, which is kind of what it's paying tribute to, like uh, Alan J. Pakula movies. Is that his name?
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, mm-hmm.
2: the past. Uh, there's one episode that had a whole bunch of John Carpenter scores. It had the theme to The Thing. <laughs> the Doing like a really tense moment, yeah. and it's weird how that works. I hear it's like a total nightmare to get that to work and to get the rights to all that, but hmm. it really works. It it makes the show seem that much more cinematic.
0: Do you guys ever listen to soundtracks for fun?
2: Um, around Halloween, I'll listen to like horror stuff, but I don't. I'm not like every once in a while. I guess in the summertime, i will able to stick a little John Williams, but not really,
0: not really. It's it's interesting because I see on Twitter a lot of people seem to listen to soundtracks and I, it never has occurred to that's me. That's funny because you, you'd strike me as
2: somebody who for some reason would have been really into the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. I,
0: I mean, I will definitely say, I <laughs> believe wholeheartedly Lord of the Rings trilogy has the best score of all time. Yeah. So many I, I don't know what to call them, bangers? From <laughs> that, <on> that trilogy? <laughs> no, that's not, no,
1: not Lord of the Rings.
2: <laughs> uh, I just have this image of you with like big ass like beats by dre headphones on the bus <laughs> duh-duh-duh,
1: duh-duh-duh,
2: this is a banger it it's like my something. shit i've always man. wanted to like it, it seems like that'd be a good thing to do when um actually no there is a couple sometimes i'll listen to some soundtracks when i write like a little bit like mm-hmm. if it's if it's something totally similar to what i'm writing then i'll be like yeah kind of get in that headspace
0: and of course you must listen to a song Oh, You need the Goosebumps theme. Goose, Goosebumps theme. <laughs> yeah, on the Spotify
2: a, a, list at the end of the year, my list do songs. Was the Goosebumps theme. That's a banger. I listen to it like four times around Halloween time. <laughs> There's on a playlist with not a lot of other songs. It's good. It's short. It has the barking has thing the in
1: barking it. Thing. It's got dogs.
2: That's I think the biggest problem with the, those those newer Goosebumps movies. They don't have that theme, so they're <laughs> yeah. fucking terrible.
1: Did you ever see the second one?
2: No, but I probably will. Uh, the last one ended up. <laughs> yeah, the last one ended up on Netflix, so I'd say there's a good chance this one does too. Not anytime soon, but yeah, maybe next October or something, and I'll, and I'll check it out. You see the uh, house with clocks first.
1: When are you gonna do a Jack Black retrospective? <laughs> Every
0: single day now, right?
2: You guys check out his. uh, Not to go off on a tangent, but you guys check out his YouTube channel.
0: Uh I have. It's.
2: I love it. He just he posts every Friday, and he posted. uh, We're recording this on a Friday, and it's so funny because it's a gaming channel, and he's yet to like actually capture game footage from like a TV or computer on the episode. He's like uh yeah we haven't quite figured out the
0: computer stuff yet <laughs> so
2: it's like it's just him hanging out with his kids yeah. and it's great and his kids are so like embarrassed by him but like in the fun dad yeah game, and, right?
0: and i think it's their idea right like it's the kids
2: yeah well, it's, it's supposed to be yeah uh, like his uh, older son sammy like helps him with the videos and stuff like the episode that was posted uh at the time we're recording this is he takes Sammy to the orthodontist because he's gonna get braces and then they go and like get burgers, and then they go to Guitar Center, and then he plays like a, he plays Lunar Lander on the like console in his car. It's like, we got a game right here in the car. He's like, Dad, no, no. He's like, skibbity boot you know, doing all Jack Blackisms, which he does all the time. I love it. Does exactly. he still have the giant beard? Has he shaved? Yes, that it's. It's. I don't know if I'm a fan of the giant beard, but he does have it. <laughs> it's So big. Oh, Jack, does Jack Black have a show? His, that's his show. I should have put that on here. Yeah, it's had like t- three episodes. It's, it's like that we just
1: went on a tangent talking about Jack Black.
2: <laughs> I could talk about Jack Black forever. He's one of my favorite celebrities. I love him. Uh, but homecoming, I think I would recommend it to most people just because it's an, it's easy because uh, it's a half hour and it's not only like ten episodes, so
0: it's worth getting through. Did you see the Kyle Gas Jack Black episode of Hot Ones? Yes,
2: it's a good one. They play like instruments at the
0: end. Mm-hmm. It's so hot. It's so motherfucking hot. Of course, I of course, it. I saw. And they are miserable eating those hot wings. <laughs> yeah, I feel
1: like you're always quoting it because he says, "I lack it a spice." <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the origin of that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I lack like it a spice. <laughs> when
1: you first watched it, you're just saying that all day long. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shit. I didn't know we we're so big on hot ones. Ah, look at this so, yeah, where's hot ones
2: on here? <laughs>
1: I've
2: never you guys ever seen? It. seen it? You should see uh, if you want to see some. Good, oh, so many good episodes. <laughs> uh, hot ones honorable mention for this year. It's always it's always good. You should check out the one with DJ Khaled so you can see how much of a bitch he is. <laughs> okay. He has his own chef prepare wings, and he, he gives up after like one or two. <laughs> Isn't the first one like Tabasco? The first one is um. Yeah, I think it's like Tabasco. It might even be something lamer than that. So he didn't even make it to like sriracha. And, and then it's it's so great is the Joey Fatone when he, he talks about like, oh yeah, I went to high school with that guy. He's such, a, like, he's such an idiot. He's like, you know, he didn't say that, but like, he, he kind of makes fun of him in a, in a fun way.
0: Yeah. Well, we're all big fans of Joey Fatone here, but <laughs> should we all be fans of Joe Pera? Uh,
2: have you guys watched any of Joe Pera's comedy in no, any shape or form? not really know. He, he kind of, I think, came to most people's, um, like, most people became aware of him after he did, like, an Adult Swim short that was animated where it's Joe Pera, like, talks you to sleep or helps you sleep. He's basically, like, it's folksy Garrison Keylor type humor talking about the Midwest and, like, 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 like for example, in the, the the show this season, there's an episode where he spends a good chunk of it talking about the Rat Wars of Alberta <laughs> And it's sometimes there'll be like a, like an episode where it introduces a topic, and then he totally goes off on a tangent for the whole episode. Like there's one episode that's like, like Joe does the Sunday announcements like at church, but the whole episode is him. He starts, he goes up to the front of the church, and then talks about how he discovered a song, and he's obsessed with it, and it's Bob O'Reilly, and it's the whole episode of him like showing the origin of him like discovering Bob O'Reilly, and then telling everybody he's like I've heard about this song. And like, yeah, I know, everybody's heard that song. <laughs> it's kind of funny because like Joe Perez is this folksy, like, like weird, like almost Ned Flanders-esque kind of person, but everyone else is completely normal. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of interesting to see him interact. And the show, I guess I should actually explain what it is. It, it is kind of like a sitcom, but it's also sort of like documentary, mockumentary, I guess, a little bit, because he'll talk to the camera and he'll like narrate over, you know, stock, stock footage and uh, tell you stories and history about Michigan – and it's fifteen minute episodes, and there's like ten episodes. But uh, it was just like it was like comfort food. Like I like to I like I like to watch it with breakfast. Do you guys ever have the, like a show where you you watch it with a specific meal? Maybe. No, I'm very I guess, like. Y- y- I mean, you guys know how like moody I am with my shows. Like I can I have to watch certain movies and shows like at certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. Like I have to watch Joe Para early in the morning. I have to watch it with a cup of coffee, or maybe with some pancakes. because so of course it's a late night show. I, I've never watched it when it airs because who the fuck knows when Adult Swim shows airs? It's like two thirty or something. There could be lots of great shows they've had, but I've just never seen them because they're on ungodly hours. Mm-hmm. Thank God for like Rick and Morty usually being on like at a reasonable time usually. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see Adult Swim like doing a show that feels more like a show as opposed to like just insanity because they have so many things that are just like. Uh, like oh, I was trying to. Remember. They have a new stop motion show that's terrifying vignettes claymation mm-hmm. stuff it's just tom goes back to the mayor <laughs> Yeah. so it's nice to see them like attempt uh, uh like weird outsider stuff but also stuff that's like very like this is very family friendly like this would work
1: mm-hmm.
2: a kid could enjoy this
0: would you say the same about lodge 49
2: i don't i think he'd be bored out of his mind that's like <laughs> the show that your parents watch as you're going to bed right? to right? get you to go to bed <laughs> yeah it's like oh god they're putting on lodge 49 it's time to go to bed yeah, lot forty nine. I was definitely drawn to because it has Wyatt Russell, who mm-hmm. for some reason I'm a huge fan. Of. I mean, a huge fan of Kurt Russell. Yeah, but. and it's he is kind of like Kurt Russell. Um, he's 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 a little more laid back. He's not as like cool as Kurt Russell. He's more hippie ish. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like if he's kind of like Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell. I was gonna say uh, Kurt Russell with like a little bit of Jeff Bridges. So I guess that's where I got
0: the Russell. Yeah, yeah. it uh, makes sense for what this vibe the vibe of this show I mean today.
2: everybody compares it to the Big Lebowski he's a like this uh, stoned out um, former uh, surfer he can't surf anymore because he got bit by a snake and it never healed and he's basically homeless at the beginning of the show living on the beach and then he finds this like uh, this this lodge where all these like middle aged guys and there's like women in it too like they are the kind of thing about the lodge is they accept anybody like race, sex it doesn't matter but they just get together and like drink and just hang out but like he thinks it's like really amazing, and like he gets into like the history, and there's a couple episodes where they delve deeper and find there's like secrets to the lodge. Like, like there's one where they find a dead body like hidden in one of the walls. I, it's not super like heavy on like any kind of mystery or like like it's not like trying to get to a certain point. It's not like they're trying. To, it's not like a really much of an arc for where they're trying to get to in terms of plot. It's really more of like an emotional arc for the main character. Um, it's, it's really just like a sitcom that just happens to be an hour. And you usually know what you're going to get with it. It's not like, it's like a lot of surprises, but it just makes me feel really good. You know? <laughs> it's just a really nice, relaxed show with a lot of likable, funny characters. And then Bruce Campbell shows up at the last half.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Something
2: ridiculous happens with him. I think he gets, like, stabbed with a swordfish or something. <laughs> no, that would suck. Very Cohen brothers, I would say. I think that's, that's what a lot of people are saying. I don't really want too much more of it though i feel like it could definitely be a show that could become
0: a chore to watch if there's too much of it something just occurred to me yeah does a swordfish actually stab things with its sword because then wouldn't it just be stuck on I'll the nose of the fish i'll look it up how could it eat it then
1: well what if it just stabs it and just wiggles and its it's, sword like, backs out. out and then it like jumps so it's it.
0: killing like huge things like things that are way bigger than it yeah, guess. Yeah, cool.
2: I mean, it must have that, right? Because like, every animal has certain parts of them for a reason.
0: Like yeah, something. well, I think like a narwhal has the the unicorn horn, but that's to like break through ice. That's not to kill things. So it sounds like they do use it as self defense, but that's as it. a self defense thing. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with me; I'll stab you. Yeah, not they're not stab. are not making like shish kebab. Yeah, I'm making shish kebab and <laughs> hoping it like <laughs> works its way down. <laughs> We're gonna find out that swordfish have like a weird. Like, oh god, yeah, out. they got like a 65 foot long top. <laughs> that pulls
2: the food off
0: of <laughs> you the southern axe. <laughs> it was just too revolting to say in my 65 normal. Voice. Foot Sixty-five foot. No no no, oh, no, no sir. <laughs> uh, maybe that could get me on Maniac next year? <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, I didn't actually say if I'd recommend Lodge for that. Oh, sorry. I, I probably wouldn't to most people. Okay. I don't so. think it's for most people. Can,
0: I, can this be our first elimination? Nearly <laughs> yeah. yeah, done with our list.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm also going to go straight up front and say Maniac is probably a sure show that most people aren't going to care for because it it's fucking weird as shit. Weird as I shit. I love, though, that it, 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 and we're in this era where like shows don't necessarily have to confine to a certain time if they're on streaming. They can mm-hmm. be as long as they want to. And mm-hmm. this is one of those kind of shows that's like an hour or a half hour. And it's a basic, It's like a pretty basic premise when you start with it. Because it's just Jonah Hill and he's like super depressed. He has like a rich family, but he's like suicidal and his life sucks. And then Emma Stone and she's like super poor and has all these horrible past. And they both become part of this like clinical uh, study where they're going to study your, your, your dreams. And it's this very weird kind of futuristic, almost kind of retro though. Kind of reminds me of Her a little bit where it's like yeah. it's futuristic, but it like feels low tech at the same time. Like it's like it's like if someone in the eighties imagined what the future would be like. And so they they go to this this uh sleep dream study, and then Emma Stone and Joan Hill's dreams start crossing over. They start sharing dreams which isn't supposed to happen. It's not supposed to be part of the study. And the show is basically them just going on these weird adventures. There's one where they're like a couple in the eighties in like upstate New York and they're trying to like steal a lemur, and there's a the one that's like so i sounds like in some sort of like Lord
0: of the Rings type show, and so are they having the same dreams, or are they making some sort of mind connection? Where they're they're having I, I, they're having the same dreams. They're, they're both the like in dream. each other's. They're in one dream. Interesting. And
2: uh, and yeah, it's it's just like it, it, it it's just kind of fun to watch because you're never really sure where it's going to go. It mm. definitely lags sometimes, and not every like adventure is as exciting as the one in the previous episode or the one after it so it, it can be kind of hit or miss mm-hmm. but when it hits it's pretty interesting
0: and is this going to be a continuing series or is this a It's just the done? one season i'm almost positive positive.
2: and it was carrie joji fukunaga oh right yeah who that's uh, cool. does a great job and i feel like he needs that because i feel like everyone's always talking about how great he is but i feel like how does he have the body of work to support that yeah. reputation
0: maybe he's got to channel some of
2: that pent-up it rage it makes me wonder if the new It will, like, what that'll be like. Because he did have still a good amount of story contributions to the one that hmm. came out. Like, his name was still on, like, story by, and it's not this time for the new one, so. Good but luck. he's doing Bond, right? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck is that going to be like? That know. seems so weird to, like, if you want... Like, if your problem with being on It is that you didn't have enough creative freedom then to then go to, like, a, 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 a franchise that's, like, well-established for 50, 60 years
0: by the way it sounds like daniel craig's going to be the james bond again in the next one and I'm, like it's been years of him being like i would rather fucking die than play james bond again and similarly chris McQuarrie came off of mission impossible fallout and he's like good luck next guy i'm never making a mission impossible mm-hmm. again and he just signed on to do two more mission impossible movies i'm tired of the bullshit hollywood
2: i wonder if it i wonder if part of it is like they're asked these when maybe they've just finished working on it and it seems like it's this grueling, horrible thing. But then, mm. like, you know, a little bit of time passes and you think, like, oh, I really love doing those, though.
1: And um, they're like, you know, I could have a third yacht.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> sure the money is fantastic on something like James Bond or. Yacht
0: so big the other yacht drives around in the pool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Mega exactly. yacht. So, probably a combination of things. Yeah, I want to see someone just fucking walk away and be like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever done that with a well-established franchise? I guess George Lucas went ahead and sold Star Wars, so he can't even do anything there.
1: Mm. I don't think Chris Dolan's going to do any more Batmans.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's been a pretty big gap. So
1: yeah. uh,
0: Anyway, uh, the next one on our list is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the third of our three shows that are on everyone's list. Mm-hmm. Um do want to get into one thing in particular that i noticed between john's post writing about it and my post writing about it where i praised the second season for focusing more on its supporting characters and john i believe you said something along like can't we just focus more on Midge and her stand-up and i think it sounded like colin was kind of in the john camp as well
1: yeah i'm done with joel and his family. Yeah,
0: well, so Joel in particular is problematic. I guess
1: Kevin Pollock is kind of funny.
0: <laughs> but I like Kevin Pollock and I really like Midge's parents. Both yeah.
1: of them. Oh, yeah. I just like them because they almost have my name. But
0: if my name was
1: a Jewish name, <laughs> Weissman.
0: It's a wonderful reason to like a fictional character.
1: Yeah. And you also pointed out that I'm just basically Tony in real life. I can't enjoy anything. <laughs>
0: um but they had their adventure this year where they went to paris and um, yeah, there's like the episode where he's uh or in part of that episode where he's um in the cafe with this like group of philosopher friends mm-hmm. and it's like they're having this outrageous conversation and he seems so comfortable and then later at the end of the episode he's like i have no idea what anyone's talking about i don't speak <laughs> french uh that stuff was delightful for me uh
2: I think that stuff's good, but I, I, I guess it's it, because for me this was really the year of the half hour T V show. Like I had Maniac was usually half hour, Atlanta, Homecoming. And I just like I just feel like Miss Mazel would work so well in that format. It was I started to think of it like that as like, Oh, you could cut this, you could cut this. Like that stuff's good. I like that stuff. Uh, but I don't know, it kinda feels like filler sometimes. Whereas the the, the comedy career thing is I found like so compelling.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go one step further, and make it a little more controversial. I find the way that they insist on making her do stand up in every episode a bit contrived from time to time. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, like
1: when she goes to a wedding, and you're like, she's she's gonna go up to that microphone. And so, like, yeah. anytime you see a microphone in a scene, you're like, she's
0: she's gonna, yeah, talk she's gonna to the microphone. microphone.
1: It does feel like there's some times where she she can be in a big group and not have to well, do a in bit. Even in the first <laughs> season,
0: when she, like at that woman's rally and she started like talking a little bit. And yeah. And like, she, had to she like, turn into <laughs> some jokes, <laughs> too. And, um... I don't know. It's just... It seems like she doesn't fail enough for how hard it is to be a stand-up comic. I'm kind of glad, though, because those things are so hard to watch. <laughs> no one else watching a bomb. Yeah, but every kind, yeah that's true and and it's not like the show has shied away from it she does bomb sometimes and they've also in the second season introduced her she's being blackballed by people that she pissed off and also she has trouble getting time because she's a woman and and to a lesser extent because she's a beautiful woman um and and so it's not shying away from the complexities of her career but she does still seem to lead a pretty charmed life on that show which is fair it's a comedy it's not a drama it's not mad men but it's it's all i've got though it's
2: closest to mad men i love <laughs> i love shows in that time period in that late 50s early 60s metropolitan setting mm-hmm. also because like those shows seem so hard to do and i feel like miss mazel never feels cheap for, especially for being mm-hmm. like a show that's on streaming like it's really like top-notch production yeah which is really impressive like, I couldn't believe they pulled off them going to uh, to France and it looking like it could be maybe France. You know, it didn't... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it was just a bunch of sets. And but...
0: super cool, that shot where it's, it takes the Empire State Building and flips it and yeah, the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, cool. I like that a lot. <laughs>
2: yeah, I like to watch this show on Christmas time. That's when I first watched it. I feel like there's <laughs> always some holiday stuff in it. It feels, really yeah, feels appropriate.
1: Which yeah. is weird because it's so Jewish. <laughs> but, hmm. Can't escape Christmas, no matter who you are. Uh, yeah, you, want, you want to talk about Mike Judge's Tales from the Tour Bus a little bit, John?
2: Yeah, I guess that was another show where I watched the first season and the second season pretty much in one go, and I kind of like the first season a little better. I mean, they're different because the first season. So, if you don't know, the show is a uh, uh, Mike Judge, and he is uh, animated, and he's on a tour bus, and he narrates uh, stories that are intercut with like interviews of people um, who knew like famous musicians first season is all country and uh, the second season is all funk and I think the reason I kind of like the first season a little more is a lot of the weird country guys were usually like fucking crazy they like have guns and they're like killing people and they're just way crazier whereas the funk guys are more like excess and drugs and ridiculous outfits like the Rick James episode is pretty funny he's just so crazy and wacky and he had a really interesting life too. Like I didn't know that he like got his start in Canada, like working alongside like Neil Young. Yeah, so. they're in a
1: band together. Like that's <laughs> the that's the reason.
2: That, that's what I love about this show is those little nuggets of like I've never heard that before, and you know they're <laughs> probably out there somewhere. But it's nice to hear it from like people that knew the musicians. Yeah,
0: I guess that's my question: Is are these new interviews being conducted, or are they taking new, new interviews?
2: yeah they never interview the subject even if they're still actually no they do they do that was a lie they do because George Clinton is, he's definitely interviewed and Bootsy Collins interviewed Morris Day um, They have like, and, and, and it, for the, the really good artists they usually have like, a two part episode because mm. a half hour show like James Brown has a two part episode Rick James is a two part episode I, I, I think there's another reason uh, the thing about the second season is it was I knew what, way more of the acts it was way more established whereas the first season had a lot of people I wasn't super familiar with like Johnny Paycheck or Blaze Foley, who I just discovered like this fall because there was that movie Blaze that no one could see because it played in Seattle for like a week.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so I'm really excited where the show could potentially go for another season. It seems like it would be too easy to go like, to hair metal, but I don't know because it kind of helps when you go to a, like a, a more niche scene so i don't know because i think it is renewed because it's on like cinemax
0: because yeah. what
2: the fuck does yeah, cinemax so can have? you stream it somewhere
0: or do you have to go through the things yeah
2: <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs>
2: cinemax i believe has a trial through hulu but it's only a week long yeah good luck yeah or <laughs> if that includes All
0: the pornography
2: <laughs> I don't know That Just like Isn't that what You guys remember Cinemax Yeah
0: Cinemax. Exactly it's Said in harmony <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah I would watch the show If it was it's, zero Yeah It's to not Convenient at all at Yeah I like it a funk <laughs>
0: You can stream our next pick, though. It oh, was yeah. a Netflix original, and it was called Queer Eye. We talked about it a very little bit uh, as part of Colin and my uh, Georgia block of entertainment this this summer. Um, but Queer Eye is not a reality show I think I ever watched, I, which is weird because I definitely watched a couple episodes of Straight Plan for the... <laughs> No, is that right? Straight Playing for the Game Man. Got in? it. Yeah. I mean, there's only like two, three episodes. Well, you, <laughs> you probably saw, I like. have seen the entire series of Straight Playing <laughs> for the Game Man.
2: Is that, who did, is that, did that Rob Riggle, maybe? <laughs> maybe.
0: He's pretty straight. <laughs> um, But the revival that happened this year, two seasons, um, <coughs> new Fab Five. Uh, it was it was just a delight. It was just a very, very pleasant, heartwarming show to watch.
2: Mm-hmm. It was. Rob Riggle was on it. I can't. <laughs> it's got a kind of weird looking Wikipedia where it doesn't even like list like you know the number of episodes on the side
0: or anything. <laughs> it's a
2: yeah, uh, Queer Eye. I can't even watch Queer Eye because it makes me cry so much. It's so touching. <laughs> 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 this is pretty touching. It's pretty. Yeah, every every episode, I feel like I've seen. I have to cry at the end. It's just so.
0: It's really a show. Like I think that we need right now to make us feel good. You know, Mm -hmm. it's. um, I, I think a big part of it is. It seems like every person they've chosen to give a makeover to, has been a super deserving person, and and maybe that's just they have that perspective that. That every person is deserving if you if you see them in the right light but it, it, it just really seems like they're all great people that are just for whatever reason fallen into a sort of a funk and need a little help getting out of it mm-hmm. um probably the most moving episode is the is the one with the uh, uh the, the the man who hasn't yet come out of the closet to his um his stepmom uh, and, and as they get to know him they they talk about how like He had been like in the room when his dad died and he tried to resuscitate him himself um and now his stepmom is like his his last connection to his dad who meant so much to him and he wants to bring her into his world and it's just it's like i mean obviously it's super manipulative reality tv but it's okay to feel things sometimes (laughs) when you need to yeah helped me a lot I'm wearing less plaid now, more print shirts. I, I love the
2: little tips at the end of the episodes and here and there, because I have, like, thought about them a lot. Like, and I haven't, I haven't even watched, like, I've watched part uh, some episodes, like, sometimes, like, do the French tuck, where you have a long, like, a like a, like a long shirt, and then you just tuck in the front. Mm-hmm. Like, these are good tips. And, like, what I love about, like, a lot of the tips is they're really practical tips, too. They're not, like, something that's crazy. Like, I hate it when it, someone tells you to go out and do something, and it's like, well, I have to get this and this and that, like, I feel like they're they're really good at, like, looking at your average person and just realistic things yeah. to help them.
0: I think, yeah, they, that it comes through even in, like, sometimes they'll take people for, like, complicated salon makeovers, mm-hmm. and then there have been other people where they're like, for you, we're going to go to Target, and I'm going to show you where all this stuff is yeah. in Target, and that'll be your routine. I mean, if you want to make a change,
2: you got like you got to be able to something that you can actually keep up with and do. Yeah.
0: You know? so reminds me of those bar rescue episodes where they like go back to the bars and they would always like shut down or they just totally switch back
1: do you think they'll do check-in episodes in the next season oh
0: i'm worried (laughs) yeah i don't
1: know if i want to see it you just come out of those episodes feeling so inspired and touched yeah you'll want to see the reality and hungry for
0: yeah seriously if you want to cook just like slice up an avocado pour some olive oil on it you're good to go that's 90% of cooking
1: and if you want, uh, you know, better skin health, just put some honey on your face. Yeah,
0: like only food. That's all he <laughs> ever put on people's faces was food. Whatever. Jonathan Ness is a national treasure.
2: I do want to go see his show. Yeah, Maybe like a show. Like I a comedy just show.
0: because of queer, I found out about his Game of Thrones show. Oh, the Game of Thrones thing. Yeah. I've
2: seen. I feel like I've seen clips of that. Uh,
0: so I'm hoping that also returns when Game of Thrones comes back in a couple months.
2: Something that is surprisingly making me return, which is crazy, is The Terror. The Terror! Because uh, if you're not familiar, The Terror is based off a book, which is based off a true event. In the 1840s, There is a British expedition there trying to find like some sort of northwest passage through the Arctic above Canada. And there's two ships, um, the Erebus and the Terror, and they went missing. None of those guys were ever found ever again. So what the book does and what the show does is they're like, well, let's try to decide what happened to those guys. How about they got stuck in, like, some sort of weird, like, ice glacier thing, and then they were all killed off by a giant monster. <laughs> and it's a great, scary show, but it's also, it's kind of like a nice period piece. It gives you, like, to see what it was like to live, like, on a ship back then, and mm-hmm. it's like, really gritty and, and gross, and just everyone's <laughs> fucking just dirty all the time.
0: Of course. You just,
2: you really feel like you're there. So not
0: a Nancy show. Nancy, I
2: hate <laughs> this show, because everyone is so fucking dirty. <laughs> And just like, you know, blood everywhere, and ugh. And uh, it's funny, in my uh, little uh, post on this, I said, this has like, show that I watch and then give up on immediately, like written all over it. Because it's like a slow burn, and I'm not a big fan of period pieces, but I think... The monster really kept me interested, and what's great is when they finally showed it. It was pretty CG heavy, but like it, it was a good design. Like it looked good. Like I felt satisfied. I didn't feel like like if it was gonna be like like I remember when the back when everyone was watching Lost back in the day. Like what is that thing gonna be? And it was like a big bunch of smoke. It's like that sucked. <laughs> and then remember
0: what the smoke was?
2: I don't remember. I'm sure I got to it's that. That's
0: Titus Welliver.
2: Oh yeah. So.
0: Bosch. bosh <laughs> wow <laughs> Bosch was the smoke monster
2: like i uh, it, like i hate it when a show like builds up something but can't pay off yeah okay, so it's nice when you get something that has a yeah. decent payoff and the show had a good ending and i just found out today that they are going forward with a, diff- a new season that has nothing to do with the first season um it's coming out this year and it's about... Uh, so, take place in the West Coast of the United States during World War II, centered on an uncanny specter that menaces a Japanese-American community from its home in Southern California to the internment camps to the war in the Pacific. And it stars in all Asian cast, including George Takei. Sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they're kind of keeping... I guess that's the only thing you can do to keep it connected is make it historical in some way. Like, that's the thread that would make it make sense in another season, because...
0: There's only that one book. This is this is its own yeah. thing now. So going from British imperialism to the American internment of the Japanese. It's a it's some hard-hitting, shameful past that they're tapping into on this show. Yeah, it sounds like this to be a monster, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's like a depressing historical drama that has a monster. I think this this may sound like it was a ghost, an uncanny specter. Ooh. I'm intrigued you know AMC needs more inventive shows they
0: got a couple good ones mm-hmm. well um, the last one we wanted to talk about shows I mean is uh The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt which came back for just a half season like six episodes in 2018
2: but I really liked it yeah I, I feel like I don't know if it was the season before that I think it was the
0: season before that
2: I feel like they had some plot arcs going on that I wasn't really that invested. And spending a lot of
0: time on those, too. I remember... Maybe it was the second season where it seemed like Tina Fey was getting really caught up in, like, online feedback. And she was, like, yes. trying to say something about people not liking her takes on race and class issues. And she was not doing a good job.
2: Well, there's the whole thread... I think that was last season with
0: Titus and his boyfriend...
2: And like, like they're funny in their moments, but it was mostly kept like a little more serious. And I just I wasn't that into it. And I kind of like it when a show like this, when the uh, the plot kind of takes a backseat, and it's just can, it can just be something wacky. And I, but what's also a plus about this season is that the plot that's kind of in the background is about um, John Ham. He's he's yeah. coming back into the show he's always a strong presence in the show, but uh, I I love like I, I can't get enough of DJ Gary Wayne Gary Wayne whatever his name is <laughs> DJ Slizzard because they had that making a
0: murder episode which had the real footage of John Hamm really <laughs> on uh, that dating game show. <laughs> God, what's he's the what's the stupid thing he says? I don't know. Oh, I gotta go, I gotta Google that now. I gotta remember <laughs> the stupid thing he says. I wish I could
2: retain more of what I saw because it was. Yeah. It feels like it was a while ago. That this was on. I mean, I remember that. I remember the Capist, which was Titus's show that he made up with him and Greg Kinnear. But then, like, he actually has to make it or, or starts working on a script. But script is just drawings of capes. <laughs> And then Kimmy gets into whole, her whole sexual harassment thing when she's working at that uh, tech company. And she has to fire people, but like it's coming off like sexual harassment. And it's just so awkward. And we're going to get the end of it. Uh, you watching it, Sean?
0: <laughs> he says uh, he's going to treat the woman to a night of fabulous food, fabulous conversation, and then end the night with... A fabulous foot massage for an evening of total fabulosity. <laughs> the real John Hamm really said that on a dating TV show, and it's in Kimmy Schmidt. It's great. That's I mean, so. Everyone good. needs to know. About fucking that. good.
2: Just like everyone needs to know about when Aaron Paul was on *Prices Right*. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I love stuff like that. But yeah, I was just gonna say yeah, and Kimmy Schmidt is coming back. I think January twenty fifth. That's year. like next week. I know, and then it's that's it, which is probably good because right. I don't know. It seems like kind of they kind of lost some people along the way, and uh, I mean pe- viewership. Yeah, so might as well just end it instead of drag it out and be like that's too long. Like I like we were just talking recently how it's weird that like. American Dad is still on, on TBS. But it's like, you know, who, who's watching that? Well, it's weird when a show that was maybe kind of popular at a period of time just drags out.
1: Like all Showtime shows. <laughs> Showtime shows. Is, isn't uh, Homeland coming back? Homeland still coming back. That
2: blows my mind. Homeland <laughs> seems like it was on ages ago. Like, I think of Homeland being out at the same time as, like, Dexter. Like, I think of those as being... It probably was. Yeah, <laughs> there might have been up there. Yeah. Jesus, man. Or, um, I mean, it's I, I think people still enjoy it, but, like, Shameless is still yeah. on. <laughs> what season are they on? Like, seven? Showtime. It's crazy, man. It's crazy because Showtime seemed like a, such a powerhouse network when, like, when I was, like, I first started discovering, like, really good television, you know? HBO and Showtime were, like, the two best. And now it's, like... I mean, HBO still has, like, a lot of good shows, but Showtime, like, do you guys... Watching the showtime? No, I
0: know there's the, the like the LEG thing, but it's like I don't care. Yeah.
1: Uh, there's billions on Showtime. Yeah. yeah.
2: People like that. Yeah. But there's just so many other really services. Damien
0: Lewis. Services yeah. and platforms. He's, He's a Showtime man. He's a Showtime man. He's also on HBO. A Do you burgers. have a favorite in particular
2: service platform channel?
0: <laughs> um, I think probably the stuff I've watched the most has been on Netflix. I
2: think it's Netflix for me too. That's, that's so weird. It's going to be interesting to see if how that well, changes. Channel,
1: I don't know. FX has always been good to us. FX, yeah, is, really <laughs> good. FX
0: is a good friend. And I'm really
2: impressed with the quality of Prime shows in terms of production
0: value, but they just don't have like that many shows to like back up like all the money they're throwing out of the money yeah <laughs> i think the only i watched mazel and i watched transparent back in the day oh yeah well homecoming looks fantastic yeah okay it's that but uh yeah
1: I mean, then they just have the a show expanse yeah, show Yeah it was coming not yet you know I didn't oh, it's ha- not on it and it's on yet
0: no, it's no. Been, it's on i the didn't ask how good d-
2: do you think ex- so
0: was expand was it
2: just bought by prime or do they produce a season at No, it was
0: canceled at Sci Fi and then a month later, Amazon picked it up.
2: I guess, okay, so they'd already, like, maybe episodes had already been made or were in production? Yeah, the
0: season ended airing. Or, no, the season. It was in the middle of the season airing, but the season had been made. Yeah. But it got canceled and Amazon picked it up. But Amazon hasn't um, made anything yet. In fact, the latest season isn't even on Prime yet. You still have to pay to watch it on Amazon. Yeah,
2: I just wanted to know, like, or, or I was curious, like, when, you know, acquired by prime if the show's gonna look that much better or different because i would assume like prime put so much more money into it than something like sci-fi yeah maybe the same i don't know
0: uh wouldn't it it's gonna be tough because it's it's it'll be the fourth season of a show that didn't have a ton of fans and so that's probably probably... look cheaper yeah (laughs) "Eh." but but it's got like it like it seems like bezos himself was involved in the <laughs> resurrection of this show, so maybe... he's going to be a character
1: on the next yeah, season? Yeah, maybe he'll write himself in there. <laughs> when is that Lord of the Rings show coming out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was like the Aragorn <laughs> show.
0: Maybe. Who knows? That was
2: the rumor, at
1: least. It would be the biggest show of all time.
0: That seems like something that's, like... Yeah, it's, like, so big, it probably won't come out even until 2020. Wow. Uh, so, mm. so far I don't know.
1: Well... I guess it's uh, list making time.
0: Yeah, so I cut four shows as we were going. Uh, Yeah,
1: I guess we should just. Should we just cut all the ones that were only on one of our lists? So for me, that would Uh, be uh, Glow. Um,
0: Would that leave us with
1: ten? ten? Hopefully. Okay, so we might cut too many of John's shows. We
0: five, so we need to cut three more. That's 6 now with John Cutting The Terror So 2 more So yeah, if you take Joe Para and Tales from the Tour Bus, that gives us 10 But then Homecoming would still be on the list
2: uh, Let's um, sub out Homecoming for Lodge 49 Because it was my number 2 And then put Lodge 49 at number 10
0: Sounds good Yeah, right We're gonna get this shit started that at makes number 10 sense Um, and that's the only one-person show now, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just counting that up. Yep, that's nine shows we have to get through. <coughs> um, so everything else was on at least two Ooh, let's, let's
2: do... Uh, we could do Kimmy Schneider since it's so, so brief.
0: So
1: brief. Yeah. It was like my number 10. Okay. Lower just, on just, just barely... I feel like Queer Eye was lower on both of our lists.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it is a reality TV show. Yeah. There's no denying that. <laughs> um Bojack Horseman was my number ten. Okay. So it was, it was my number five. It's middle for you. you. So far apart. Yeah. Uh well let me just think. So Americans um it was my number one so i'd like it to go higher atlanta's on everyone's list so it should go higher it's probably our number one uh barry's on everyone's list so it should go higher Um, Mesa's on everyone's list should go higher so really we're talking about what order do we put good place bojack and saul in and of those i feel like bojack's definitely the weakest
1: um okay, fine John, John. <laughs> it, it was it was higher I' on, on my list than those two shows, but well okay. actually no the good place might have been a little higher than BoJack um, but that's fine. Seven's good and then uh, I would do Saul after that, I think. okay.
0: So that leaves us with the Americans, Atlanta, Barry, Good place, and Mrs. Maisel which like, We're almost doing like a democracy thing where it's just like the three that we're on everyone's list are just gonna end up we're being the top three. We're just doing math.
1: Even though Barry wasn't that high on my list. It was like number nine. Yeah. Oh, number three. Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't remember what it was on mine. Let me look real quick. It was my number eight. Hmm. So a little higher than Colin. Because <laughs> it was Colin's number nine.
1: Yep. So I guess at, uh, at this point it's between like Barry and the good place. And I guess maybe the Americans
0: amazing. necessarily because it wasn't on John's list. Yeah. Just
1: put it at number two. It's going to end <laughs> up at number two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was my number two. And your number one. It seems okay if it's higher. Right? Uh,
0: okay, so then is it Barry? Sure, or the good place. Just put
1: berry Just put it doesn't
0: it. it doesn't matter. Okay, berry. okay. <laughs> I love how excited you guys are. Yeah, why are we <laughs>
1: even doing this part?
0: Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Berries at five. Good place at four. True. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, it sounds like mazels at three. Yeah, the Americans it. are at two. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right so our top 10 tv shows of 2018 are in this order number 10 lodge 49 number nine the unbreakable kimmy schmidt uh, number eight queer eye number seven bojack horseman number six better call saul number five barry number four the good place number three the marvelous mrs mazel number two the americans and number one atlanta the robin season Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Like I said, at the start of the show, you can find our list at MildlyPleased.com. And uh, I'll just add this little tip out there. You can find some of our previous podcasts we've done like this one on iTunes by searching for Mildly Pleased. It's all our podcasts in one feed because we do like five podcasts a year and they're not all the same show. So it just makes sense for it to be one feed. Uh, I'm sorry if that bothers you if you're like OCD and you're like, oh no, they can have different shows in one feed. It's it's, It's like our shows though, you know? So subscribe to that or go to the website and we'll speak to you next time.